Greetings, this is Dr. Ricky L. Lawson, the senior pastor of the New Birth Missionary Baptist Church of Little Rock. I certainly greet you with Jesus' joy. This is the day that the Lord has made and we are going to rejoice and be glad therein. This is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Thank God for allowing us to see another day and be a part of another day, a day that we've never seen before. And when it is over, we won't see it again. I want to continue in this series of sermons that I started through the summer uh, as we still uh, wrestle with the thought of steps to spiritual maturity. I want to move into the second phase of this series. And it's found in the book of Ephesians chapter four, verse 12. Ephesians chapter four, verse 12. And it says, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body, of Christ. And I want to simply label this presentation today of the responsibility of the gifts, the responsibility of the gifts, the responsibility of the gifts. Get your Bibles in your hands and we might travel uh, these moments to share with what God has placed on our hearts. As we continue in this series on steps to spiritual maturity, we began by looking at the gifts that the Lord Jesus gave to the church and their functions. Though some of the gifts no longer exist, all of them were set in place to serve a particular purpose for the church. These gifts have a responsibility to the health and well-being of the church. However, I tend to argue that much of the responsibility given in verse 12 fall in the lap of pastor teacher. Therefore, I want us to gain a closer look at the responsibilities of the gifts so that we can understand why each one was vital to the church. Paul wrote this letter while he was in prison in Rome. In fact, during his two-year imprisonment, he wrote letter, the letters of Ephesians and Colossians. According to Acts chapter 20, verse 17 to 35, Paul spent three years in Ephesus. However, some argue that this is an impersonal letter as if Paul had no prior relationship with them because there is no warm greeting, no personal message, neither a warm touch to it. Scholars argue that Paul and the recipients of this letter did not know one another. Nonetheless, Paul wrote this letter for two reasons. First, to reveal the purpose of God for the whole universe. God has shown his purpose through his son, Jesus Christ, and he is working out his purpose through the church. The second reason in which Paul wrote this letter was to encourage the church to walk in the spirit of oneness. So when we come to chapter four, as he is calling for the church to walk worthy, of the vocation uh, in which we are called. He then tells the church, tells what the church must do, or the church must do everything that they can to keep the unity and the bond of peace. In addition, he tells them that the church has a fundamental belief that they must hold on to. And he reminds them of what Jesus did to secure our salvation. Let me be clear on the fact that we cannot afford as a body of believers to allow anything or anyone to disrupt the unity that is 
slated or even found in the church. You and I must do all we can as, as, as it has been charged to the church at Ephesus to maintain the unity and keep the peace within the body. To help the church be all that they can be in this regard, he provides, look what the text says, he provides the church with gifts, as we have seen in verse 11, and how they would function with, the, with regards to the life of the church. Remember verse 11, remember, verse 11 says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers to allow us to see that number one, that only certain ones were chosen to serve in said categories. He said, and he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Now, you can look at it from this perspective. Uh, only some were chosen to serve in those perspectives. But then if you look further into it, he could have been said, said, saying this as well. He gave certain churches apostles, certain churches a prophet, certain churches evangelists, certain churches pastors and teachers to let us know, to remind us of the uniqueness and responsibility that, that have been given to the church but there will though there are some who have been gifted in these areas to serve in these categories to to enable the body of Christ to grow to build to function and to thrive in their respective parts of the kingdom so again everybody watch this everybody wasn't given the responsibility of serving in these areas but and then on the flip side to this Perhaps only a certain few, only certain congregations were had privy to uh, the gifts that were that were mentioned in verse eleven. Nonetheless, the reason that these gifts were given is is found in verse twelve for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So, so, so that so the gifts that are mentioned in verse eleven have responsibility, that they, they have a charge in verse 12. And so, and that's what we want to look at today, the responsibility of the gifts that have been given to the church. The first thing Paul reveals that the gifts are responsible for is number one, to disciple members, to disciple members. You need to write this down. Get your, get some paper and pen in your hands, and as you follow along with me, you need to write these notes down. The first thing that will, they were given for is to disciple members. He opens verse 12 by saying, for the perfecting of the saints. The word perfecting comes from the Greek word katartismos, which means to make full or ready. The question is, making full and ready for what? The purpose of the gifts is to get the members ready for service, to get the members ready for service. So some translations say to train, some say to prepare. As leaders of the church, we are responsible for discipling the members. To disciple means to teach a person to be a follower of Jesus. Another manner of referring to this is we are called to be equippers. Equippers to, perf to, to perfect means to equip. How can 
a person become a follower of Jesus if we do not equip them with what is needed to follow him. For them to grow, they must spend a great deal of time uh, learning all that they need to know about Jesus and develop a relationship with him. Let's be mindful of the fact that that uh, there was a reason we were told the significance and the importance of being in Sunday school. There was a reason we were challenged and charged to come to Sunday school, go to Bible study, and back in the day, attend BTU. There was a reason why uh, growing up we spent a lot of time in youth meetings because those were areas in which persons were able to grow, develop, and learn all that they need to know about the Lord. Now, in order for a disciple to be equipped, they have to be in position for where equipping takes place, which means we cannot miss, denounce, deny, or play hooky from areas of ministry that involve studying of the Word of God. You can't make excuses about uh, why you can't come and study the Word of God. In fact, outside of the structure setting at the church, you and I must spend some time in our own private personal devotional moment studying the Word of God because the only way we can be equipped, we have to spend some time in the Word. Let's keep in mind that perfecting does not mean becoming perfect, but it can mean that you are doing what it takes to get to that perfected state. In trying to get to that state, you will stumble and fall along the way. You will still mess up, but forgiveness is available for and to cover our mistakes. Forgiveness is available to cover our mess-ups. But watch this. Perfecting also means to mature. Uh, somebody write that down. Perfecting means to mature. It is the responsibility of the gifts to help the body of believers to mature. It is the responsibility of the gifts to to the body, not only to help the body to mature, but it's responsibility of the gifts to the body to help them mature. The believers, this means that the members of the body must align themselves with the gifts given to the church as well as with the word that has been given to be spoken by the gift to mature you in the faith or to make you ready. He goes on to say, for the perfecting of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints. Uh, in this regard, saints refer to those who have been set apart. Those who have been set apart. When you say yes to the Lord, you were set apart. Set apart for service. Set apart to represent the Lord. Set apart to be a witness for the Lord. You were set apart to be and uh, to identify with, with Christ in the world. I hear First Peter 2 and 9 says, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people that you may show forth the praise of him who have called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. We have been called and set apart to serve. Now watch this. Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. But verse 2 says, and be not conformed to this world, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove the perfect, acceptable will of God. In other words, you have been called to be different. You have been called to, to be a trendsetter. You have been called to, to blaze the trail. You didn't, you, we were not called to blend in. We were not called 
to, uh, to be a part of. We were called to be set apart from the known world. We have been called to be a witness through our living, but also through our testimony. So, so perfecting means uh, when we mature, we, we, we are to be set apart for service as well as represent the Lord. But not only is our responsibility to disciple members. Secondly, the responsibility of the gifts is to prepare them for duty, to prepare them for duty. Paul follows up by the opening statement by saying, for the work of ministry. That is, as a person who has been set apart, you have a duty to perform. Allow me to make this disclaimer. You were not saved to be a bench member or sit and do nothing because you were saved because you are saved. You have a duty to the kingdom. When we when we consider what perfecting means, it means to make ready. It means it makes sense what Paul says. The responsibility of the gifts means that we are responsible for getting the saints ready spiritually also to prepare them for ministry. That is, you have been saved and set apart to be, in, to be engaged in ministry. When we consider the word duty, it refers to a task that one is required to perform. It is responsibility. It is our responsibility. When we look at the word required, it implies that you are expected to do that is, when the Lord saved us, as we are developing in our walk with the Lord, we are expected to work in the kingdom. I like what John Philip says on this matter. He said that the responsibility of the gifts is to bring the body to its full potential. Potential refers to what you can become. You are not there yet, but if you keep working on it, you can become it. It is a responsibility of the gifts given to the church to help those who are part of the body to reach that individual potential, but also the collective potential of the church. So the question I want to ask each member today, as you're listening to me uh, on this broadcast, the question I want to ask each member, do you know what your duty is as a believer? Do you know what your responsibility, or do you know what you are responsible for? It is your responsibility to represent Christ through your lifestyle. It is your responsibility to be a witness for the Lord. It is your duty to use your gifts for the cause of the kingdom. It is your duty to discover where your gift can be best used. It is the responsibility of the given gifts to discover what your gift may be and place you where you can best use your gift. Uh, I need to tell you, if you are a square pig, you need to go in the square hole. If you're a round pig, you need to go in the round hole. You need to go where your gifts can be used. Can I tell you, if you know you're not good in the uh, singing, why would you get in the choir? If you know you're not good working with the youth, why would you try to serve in the youth department? You need to be where you can best be used and serve the kingdom of God. But not only does this text teach us, that the responsibility of the gifts is to disciple members as well as to prepare them for duty. But lastly, the responsibility of the gifts is to, de- is to develop the members. Paul concludes this verse by saying that the responsibility of the gifts is to edify, edify the body of Christ. Edifying is the process of building up. 
That is, when we disciple the members and prepare them for duty, the purpose for all of this is to develop the members so that they can assist in building up the body. Building up the body means developing a strong, vibrant, and healthy body. How do we do that? We train, we equip, and develop members so they can reach the loss and add to them, add them to the kingdom of God, the, the universal church, but also the local body. Let me say that again. We equip, train, and develop members so they can reach the lost and add them to the kingdom of God, the universal church, but also the local body. It is not the pastor preacher's responsibility only to build up the body. The purpose of equipping, developing, and training the members is to prepare them to assist in the process. As Philip says, the gift to the church equip the members to carry out the work of winning souls of Christ. That's the purpose of the gifts, to, to equip the members to carry out the work of winning souls to Christ. The question that I want to ask you that when was the last time you led someone to Christ? When was the last time you talked to someone about Jesus? When was the last time you introduced someone to Jesus Christ? What are you doing now to help build the body? The Lord needs committed and dedicated members who, who have committed themselves to the cause of the kingdom. Are you the one? Are you ready? What are you doing to make things happen? What are you doing to put your exclamation point at the end of the sentence? What are you doing to put your stamp of, of approval or your stamp of service into this work? The Lord needs someone. He needs that person, that man, that woman, that boy, that girl to assist in kingdom building. Ah, uh, what are you doing? You have responsibility. I know what my responsibility as a pastor, as a teacher, I know what my responsibility for, but can I tell you, you as a member, you have responsibility to, to assist in building up the body because the only way that the body can grow, develop, and enhance, we have to work in unison, in, in unison to make things happen. So again, the question you have to wrestle with as we, as we conclude is, what are you doing now? to help build the body. You need to be reminded, the Lord needs committed and dedicated members who have been, who have committed themselves to the cause of the kingdom. So you have to ask yourself, am I the one? Am I ready? What am I doing to make things happen? I ask you again, are you the one? Are you ready? What are you doing? What are you doing to make things happen? The Lord needs you. The Lord is looking for you. The Lord wants you. Therefore, do all you can to help the body grow. Father, we thank you for the privilege of sharing. I pray that you would continue to bless our gathering, bless our journey as we continue to make steps towards spiritual maturity. Thank you for each one. Thank you for everyone. And we pray, God, that whatever has been said or done will be pleasing as well as beneficial to you and you will get the glory out of this. It's in Jesus' name we pray and ask it all. Amen. And thank God. Blessings upon you.